Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. We're very excited to be back for a new season of News Kids and are looking forward to talking each week about top news and current affairs stories. Zara, did you have a good summer holiday? I did, Rose. In fact, it was an excellent summer. How about you? Well, I can't actually think of any words. I think I'm just going to say it's too good for words. What did you do over the summer holidays? We had a brilliant time in England. So, you had an excellent summer. What about school? Are you happy to be back? I'm really happy to be back at school. Do you like your new class and your new teacher? My new teacher's lovely. Her name is Miss Pugh. What about yours? I'm really pleased to be back at school because I go to see my new friends and my new teacher is very nice. What's his name? Mr Doherty. What's the best thing about being in year five? Well, that you could get your pen license and you're going to take your epitome. I'm looking forward to Stone Age Day, Roman Day and the Year 3 production and I hope I get a speaking part. So, let's move on to our first story. Did you know when I was in London we drove past the Houses of Parliament and I saw a real Brexit protest? There is still lots of arguments about Brexit. Can you give us an update on what happened, Zara? Of course. It's my favourite topic. Now, when you last heard from us for the summer holidays, Theresa May's deal had not been accepted by Parliament. She had resigned as Prime Minister and we were awaiting the results of the Conservative Party leadership contest. Well, Boris Johnson won that contest and is now Prime Minister and he vowed that Britain will be leaving the EU on the 31st of October, whether or not a deal is agreed. Boris Johnson also requested the Queen to suspend Parliament days after MPs returned to work after the summer break. Under a parliamentary rule called prorogation, Parliament is suspended ahead of the Queen's speech. Now, the Queen's speech is the event that opens the House of Parliament after the summer break and it sets out the plans of the government for that year. The Queen approved Boris Johnson's request and that meant that members of Parliament came back to work after the summer on the 3rd of September but Parliament will be suspended again on the 9th of September and that means that there will be no parliamentary business until mid-October which is very close to the deadline for the UK to exit the EU. Lots of people were very upset about this use of the parliamentary rule of prorogation by Boris Johnson because it meant that MPs would have very little time to challenge Boris Johnson about the arrangement that he is making for Brexit. However, there is a group of MPs, including MPs from Boris Johnson's own party, that think that leaving without a deal would not be good for the UK at all, and they have been battling to stop a no-deal Brexit before Parliament is suspended. So earlier this week, MPs voted 328-301 to take control of Parliament's agenda and allow them to bring a bill requesting a delay to Brexit. The Prime Minister has expelled the MPs from his own party that voted again. He also said that a general election was the only way forward now, but the MPs in the House of Commons voted to reject this too. A Labour MP called Hilary Benn also put forward a bill 
which requires the Prime Minister to extend the exit deadline to the end of January unless Parliament has agreed a deal with the EU by 19th of October. This bill was passed in the House of Commons and the House of Lords and is expected to receive royal assent in the coming days following which it will become law. The Prime Minister has said that he will not ask the EU for an extension. So basically, after the long summer holidays, we are still waiting to see what happens with Brexit. Thank you, Zyra. I'm going to have to practice saying that word. Uh, prorogation? No, that's it. It's prorogation. Great. It's too tricky. Do you think Boris is right to try and stop members of Parliament from blocking a no-deal Brexit? I don't think it's right at all for Boris Johnson to stop people discussing because then if they couldn't find out what other people want, it wouldn't be fair. What do you think, Zara? Do you think they're right? Well, I don't think so either because he's just trying to stop members of parliament from discussing, like, should we have this deal or stuff. So he's just being very selfish. He is. And he's being like... Okay, they're not going to listen to me, so, as I'm Prime Minister, they should listen to me, so I'm going to get my revenge. My revenge will be by by not giving them enough time to discuss all this. That's not very democratic, is it? It's not. And imagine, what would we do without democracy? That's exactly why his behaviour needs to change if he wants to stay as Prime Minister. Did you know that the Greeks also invented democracy? And also, I think they should do a Halloween-themed Brexit party, whether they leave without a deal or not. There were lots of climate change stories to this summer. There was a lot of fuss because Greta Thunberg took a racing yacht to America to take part in the climate change conference. She did it because she wanted to make a point about flying and how bad air travel is for the environment. As burning jet fuel releases a lot of carbon dioxide. So she borrowed a boat called Melisa 2 from the Monaco Royal Family, which took her across the Atlantic Ocean to New York in 14 days. The journey was carbon neutral, which means that it did not hurt the environment at all. The boat was a specially designed racing yacht, which had its own solar panels and underwater turbines that produced its own electricity. It also had no bathroom or toilet, so I don't think it can have been a very nice way to spend two weeks. I think it was a good idea that she did it. And it certainly drew attention to the pollution caused by air travel. Arguments about air travel also affected Prince Harry and Meghan, who reportedly took private jets to go away on holiday over the summer, even though they both say they wanted to be more environmentally friendly. Prince Harry said it was because they have to worry about security and safety. Is it okay for Prince Harry to take private jets when he also talks about wanting to help the environment? Because I think it isn't. He says stuff like, you should all care about the environment, and he doesn't help the environment himself. So the word for that is someone who is being a hypocrite. Okay. And that means that someone says one thing and does the opposite. But Prince Harry did say that he was doing it um, for safety. Well, it's a good excuse, but it's all an excuse. 
He could actually just take a cruise, a private cruise. What's wrong with that? But is it practical for people to take boats everywhere? Because it does take a long time. I think the point Greta was trying to make was just like, okay, the number of people using air travel is 200. Let's make it 150. Next time you go to England, would you be happy to take a boat instead of a plane? It depends on what type of boat it is. If it's a cruise, definitely. Would you be happy to take a boat with no toilet and a shower all the way to New York? No. You can always just pee off the side of the boat, you know. It is really worrying how quickly climate change is having an impact on our environment. And like Greta says, I'm worried there won't be much of our world left by the time we are grown up. Just last week, scientists said they were astounded by how quickly Greenland's ice sheet is melting thanks to global warming. If the whole ice sheet melted, it would raise sea levels across the world by around 7 metres, which will completely devastate low-lying countries. I know that in Switzerland, each year, they cover some glaciers with blankets to stop them melting. I don't think they can do that for the whole of Greenland, however. Well, another big story of the summer has been the fires in the Amazon, which are only making the global warming problem worse. The Amazon is the biggest tropical rainforest in the world and is home to millions of plants and animals, as well as a million tribes people who live there. The rainforest is an important defence against climate change and fights carbon dioxide levels. When large areas of the trees are cut down or cleared, it is called deforestation. Some of the main reasons for deforestation are cattle farming, soybean and palm oiling and oil drilling. Fires are often started by people who want to clear an area of land quickly for use in farming. This summer, official figures showed that more than 83,000 forest fires were recorded in Brazil in the first eight months of the year, and this is the highest number of fires since 2010. The north of Brazil has been very badly affected. It is not the only country in the region that has been experiencing a high number of fires. Venezuela experienced the second highest number with more than 26,000 fires, with Bolivia coming in third, with more than 19,000. Extra emergency workers have been sent to the region and sanctuaries are being set up for animals escaping the flames. The increased rate of fires in Brazil has raised the most concern as some international leaders think that this is because of the president of Brazil's policy, which they think has weakened environmental protections. Mr. Jair Bolsonaro, the current president of Brazil, has been criticised for encouraging tree-clearing activities since he came to power in January. In response, Mr. Bolsonaro announced that he was banning setting fires to clear land for 60 days and has ordered the armed forces to help fight the fires. The government in Chile has lent four places to Brazil in order to help fight the fires. Other international leaders met recently at the G7 conference at the end of August. This is an annual meeting between leaders from the seven most powerful countries in the world 
and these leaders offered a $22 million package that is equal to £80 million to help fight the fires. Brazil's president rejected the offer, though, because he wants the French president, Emmanuel Macron, to apologise for calling him a liar. President Macron had accused him of lying about fighting climate change. Thank you, Zyra. It has been so scary too reading about Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas. I watched a video of a lady holding a baby who said they were trapped in their house by the rising seawater caused by the storm surge. It looked really scared and it was really sad. It was so windy. The windiest weather I've ever seen in England was about 40 mile hour wind. And that was scary. But Hurricane Dorian was around 200 miles per hour. So far, 20 people have been reported to have died, but reporters say it could be many more than that. It's too early to say no one is able to explore all the ruined houses until the floodwater goes down. It was supposed to be the second most powerful hurricane ever recorded. Hurricanes sound awful and scary, but I do think it's funny they have names. Apparently, the World Meteorological Organization chooses names for tropical storms for Atlantic hurricanes. They use six lists of 21 names in rotation year by year, and Rose will be on the list in 2021. You're not on the list, though, Zara. I checked. I hope I'm a nice, calm hurricane. I know Nobody's hurt by Hurricane Rose. Another sad story of the summer. Why are there so many sad stories? It's about the big shooting that happened in America, in El Paso, in Texas, near Mexico, where someone killed 22 people. The gunman said he wanted to hurt people from Mexico, which sounds very sad. I can't understand why someone would want to do that. I mean, like, what's wrong with Mexican people? It's been a terrible year for gun crime in the US. As of 1st September, CBS reported there had been 283 mass shootings, which is more than the number of days in the year that had passed. Politicians and people in the US continued to argue about gun control, but there had been no moves to copy New Zealand, which banned the biggest kind of guns after the attack in Christchurch in March. The New Zealand government also said it would buy back guns from people to reduce the number in circulation, and since then, over 10,000 guns have been handed in. Talking of governments, you may remember that I covered a story about the Hong Kong protest last year when thousands of people were protesting in Hong Kong about a bill called the Extradition Bill, which they fear could become law and allow China to target people in Hong Kong who do not agree with these Chinese policies. The Extradition Bill would allow those suspected of breaking the law to be sent to mainland China to face trial. Those protesters were worried that if people from Hong Kong are sent to China to face trials, they would face an unfair trial and violent treatment. Well, those protests continued over the summer and Hong Kong is now in its 14th week of demonstrations with lots of violence between police and protesters. In fact, some school and university students in Hong Kong took part in these protests by taking part in class boycotts and not going back to school or university earlier this month when it was their first day back. The protests have affected Hong Kong so much with protesters trying to enter the airport terminal building and also clashing with police on the city's metro. World leaders have called for that situation to be sorted out. Earlier this week, 
Hong Kong's leader Carrie Lam officially said that she will no longer push for the extradition bill, which is what triggered the riot. Hopefully, order will now return to Hong Kong, but this does show the power of protest. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show, and thank you for listening.